It's Monday morning, and we thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. Yes, but also your first listen at the beginning of every week. First of all, Syracuse football reels in a new transfer, and we know what happens to Syracuse Orange Nation in the summer. Bayheim's Army takes over. We're going to talk about the basketball tournament. That's coming up in a couple months. And finally, Class of 2022 Superlatives is back. You're going to like this one. All that and more on Locked on Syracuse. Let's go. You are Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, all right, all right. Brad Klein, the host of Locked on Syracuse, the voice of the people. Happy to be with you. You're on Locked on Syracuse, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team, every day. How was the weekend? It's okay. <laughs> it was fine. Pretty mundane. If you're a religious listener of this iteration of Locked on Syracuse, and we didn't lose you in the transition from Tyler Rocky, Tim Leonard, to... Brad Klein and soon-to-be Brad Klein, Matt Bonaparte. If we didn't lose you, then you know that I'm also working in double-A baseball in Birmingham, Alabama. Happening place. And, uh, yeah, we just had a a week-long series capped off over the weekend, and they lost. <laughs> They're not that good. So it's, it's a nice little change of pace to talk about Syracuse, uh, especially in the offseason, because... While Syracuse might not be the best team on football or even in basketball, uh, they haven't lost yet. <laughs> so there's that. Okay, we have got a lot to talk about. Uh, again, class of 22, uh, class of 2022, I should say, for the basketball team, that's the big news. That's the big headline, and that will be the big story throughout next season. How are the freshmen going to be? And we've got another superlative for you. Which class of 2022 commit? Which recruit? which incoming freshman is most likely to stay there for four or even five years? Which guy is most likely to graduate? And we're going to talk about Bayheim's Army. I love Bayheim's Army, and so does Bones. So when he gets here, we're going to talk a lot about the alumni basketball team in the basketball tournament. But we begin today with Syracuse football. And the Orange addressed one of probably their biggest concerns – which is wide receiver. They go to the portal, and they pick up Demarcus Adams on Friday from Florida Atlantic, formerly of Florida State. Then he went to Florida Atlantic, and now he comes to Syracuse. Might seem a little random at first, but you think about it, Syracuse is well embedded in the Sunshine State on their recruiting trail. A lot of Florida on their roster. And moreover, the new wide receivers coach, Mike Johnson, he was coaching at FAU last season, so... There's a connection there between Adams and Johnson and now with Syracuse. Look, Demarcus Adams is six foot nothing, 180, part of that 2018 recruiting class uh, before transferring to FAU, went to Florida State and uh, played for Willie Taggart for one season, got throttled <laughs> in the dome against Syracuse. So that was the 10 win Syracuse team. He is not transferring to a very similar squad. He might have that good taste in his mouth from a Syracuse sense after that game, being on the wrong side of it. But no, I'm sure he understands that this is a different team in a very different state. But Demarcus Adams is known as a speedy wide receiver, and he better be at six foot nothing, 180. 
And I don't know exactly what he's going to be. We don't know exactly what he's going to be. But we do know that Syracuse needs as much help as they can get. And Demarcus Adams, if he can be that speedy speedy guy in the slot, maybe a little Sean Riley action, then that's a win for the Orange. And they had some success in the portal last season for wide receivers, but the big thing is they had mostly failure because they lost Ty Sherris, their best receiver, to the portal. So Demarcus Adams didn't play a lick at Florida State. He played six games last year and had a few catches, but three catches, limited sample size. Six games, limited sample size. He didn't do much at FAU. But you would like to think that with his speed that maybe he can be a little something. Now, I will say this. Syracuse has a lot of those guys. Like Trevor Pena is is a guy who projects to be a pretty big part of the wide receiver core, even though he's been a utility guy, mostly used on special teams as a kick returner, and he's been actually been pretty good as a kick and punt returner. But he's pretty fast, he's pretty shifty. You get him in open space, and that's a recipe for success. So it's great that they got another guy. Depth is important. Demarcus Adams, good. And Adams, since he's fast, again, open space, I feel like the name of the game with him is going to be Get the ball out of Garrett Schrader's hands, maybe a screen to Adams, give him a block, see what he can do on the boundary. But he's not going to be the guy that's going to out-physical a corner. Right? They don't have an Amba Edetawu. Remember Amba Edetawu? I mean, he was a mammoth of a man. And he was the kind of guy, ends up going to Jacksonville uh, in the NFL draft, six foot two, two oh two. So the height, not as much of a, not a huge difference, but you start talking about 22 more pounds that Edetawu has. And again, it's not fair to compare Amba Edetawu to Demarcus Adams. They're different players. They might as well be playing different positions. They're used for different things. But it is telling when you look up and down that roster and you think, okay, well, while they still don't have many, if any, legit number one wide receivers, they certainly don't have a guy who's going to win his one-on-one outside of anything besides speed. That's what it's going to be. See, now, now it really has to be Orange is the new fast because you look at the depth chart for Syracuse, wide receivers, and it's thin. And that's a problem. And Syracuse, considering their quarterback situation, might have a tough time here. So you think about, okay, the closest thing they have to a physical wide receiver, they've got two. You've got Anthony Queeley, Damian Alford. Alford is tall. Now, Queeley is just short of 200 pounds, but he really hasn't had that much success. Syracuse had high hopes for him going in. Now he's a redshirt junior, and he still hasn't proven himself. And Damian Alford had, like, one catch. (laughs) Yeah, he had, like, one catch. I think it was against Liberty, and it basically won them the game. Both are unproven. Yamari Hatcher, extremely unproven. Aranda Gadsden. So they have guys. 
that are pretty young for the most part and have ability on paper. But they really haven't shown much. And it's awesome that Syracuse got a guy at wide receiver because, again, like I said, it's probably their biggest need. But all this does is add another guy to the depth chart that has ability but really hasn't done much to show it off. But good for them. It's a thumbs-up day for Syracuse football, but a tentative thumbs-up day. By the way, summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you're fueled for the summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? We're going crazy for these things on Locked On Syracuse. They come in crazy flavors, banana cream pie, even churro. Who wouldn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. Sign me up. If that's not enough flavor for you, you might want to even try the Mix Box. The Mix Box comes with 12 flavors of built, of rather built Bars and Puffs. I will say this. Mother's Day came and went yesterday. It was a pretty busy day in the Klein household. And from what I've told, I'm here in Birmingham. From, from what I'm told, my brother, my father, my mother, they got the variety pack. They got the Mix Box. And... That kind of held them over for the weekend. So it wasn't really a whole, oh, well, where are we going to go? Ice cream, cake, how are we going to indulge on Mother's Day? It was, hey, special occasion, let's open up a churro built bar and a churro puff. And that is a good way to stay in shape with the summer coming up and to enjoy the holiday. Built Bar makes sure that everything tastes good and that there's something for everyone. My favorite flavor, I'm going with, oh, my God. I'm going to go chocolate almond still. Coconut almond, rather. I keep on doing this. Like I, I think it's coconut almond, but there are other flavors, like banana cream pie is making a run for its money. And typically, I'm not a churro guy. Like I don't really like churros. If we go to a theme park or something, I'm not going to get a churro, but the churro flavor is pretty darn good. So I'm not going to go all in on churros and say, well, the churro is the new favorite, but it's there. It's not going to be the last bar out of the mixed box. That's all I'm going to say. So my favorite, again, coconut almond, but most of them, regardless of the flavor, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. I have these things for a dessert at the end of the night, but I also have them immediately after a workout. Compare that to a candy bar. Usually you have 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com, get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so many more. They're all delicious, new flavors coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. The offer, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, because you're listening to this podcast, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay. So, Syracuse football addresses a need, and that is wide receiver. Are they getting wide receiver one? No. 
Do they have wide receiver one? Probably not. Is it the most shallow position group in their depth chart? You can make that argument, even after the DeMarcus Adams transfer. And I think he has ability. But we'll see. Between the offensive line, that's still going to be a problem. The quarterbacks will still be a problem, largely because of the offensive line. And I don't know where Adams is really going to get open space from because it's not like anyone in that position group is going to draw a double team. But I digress. We talked about DeMarcus Adams. Now let's shift over to basketball here. Payheim's Army. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the thing you have to understand about me and the thing you have to understand about Bones when he gets here and joins us is that I'm one of the biggest Bayheim's Army fans you're going to find. And I know what I'm doing. I'm preaching to the choir here. I'm talking to Syracuse fans about a Syracuse fan alumni thing. I get it. But I bet you I care more. <laughs> and why? Because I'm so in love with basketball that in the summer I'm looking for anything. It's kind of like the USFL fans right now. Like They might not be legitimately interested, but they are because they are just thirsty for football. The basketball tournament holds me over in that sense, but also I grew up watching these guys like Brandon Trish and James Sutherland. I was a Bai Musakita baby. <laughs> Johnny Flynn, right? Eric Devendorf, I kind of remember, but Eric I, I've come to know personally, and he is hes a great guy. And he's pretty much the opposite off the floor as he is on the floor, which is fun to see. So I love Bayheim's Army, which means that if you don't, stop listening, because me and Bones, we're going to talk about Bayheim's Army a lot. So the thing I love about Bayheim's Army, outside of the win from last year, which I'm still enjoying, that's the other thing, is that I grew up in Jersey and I picked wrong, which means I'm a Mets fan, I'm a Nets fan, I'm a Jets fan, and again, lifelong Syracuse fan. So I'm not going to include 03 because I was 3-4, which means if you don't include 03, I haven't seen a championship outside of Bayheim's Army. It's sad. I get it. So I'm still basking in the glory. Kiefer Sykes, he will never have to buy a drink at Fagan's again. And now it's time to start thinking about the roster. Time to start thinking about what you would do if you're Kevin Belby. And who knows? Maybe Kevin joins the show. GM of Bayheim's Army. Maybe I'll give him a text. Good guy. I bet you he'd come on. We'll see. Maybe when we get closer. But the thing is, you watch, you stay for the championship, but you go, you come for the roster, for the nostalgia, for the guys that you remember watching and miss watching. Ty's battle, to me, is that guy. And I'm thinking about guys who still haven't played for Bayheim's Army, that you would like to see. Besides Carmelo Anthony. Let's get that out of the way. It's a lot like the uh, best starting five of guys still playing. Besides Melo that we did before the weekend. Melo obviously. But I don't see him playing Bayheim's Army anytime soon. Probably ever. So Tyus Battle to me makes a lot of sense. This is a guy who was asked last season to play. But was hurt. This is a guy who played with a lot of the guys who are likely going to play this year and have in the past. You think about a guy like Tyler Lydon, Malachi Richardson. 
I think Tyus Battle makes a lot of sense. I think Tyus Battle still has a lot of basketball in him, so it makes sense for Belby to bring him in. Uh, obviously, Belby had a bit of a change of heart when it comes to purity of orange blood on the roster. Got to a point where, okay, we've got to win. Let's bring in Kiefer Sykes. Let's bring in guys from outside the family to help us win. And you know what? Correct move. I was disappointed when I first saw some of those moves. Correct. Correct move. Obviously, it's still going to be a Syracuse team with some visitors, but Tyus Battle is the kind of guy that you t you get on the roster and you need fewer visitors. So if you're get-off-my-lawn, all-Syracuse guy like I used to be, and like I still kind of am, then you should be rooting for Tyus Battle to play. And I don't know. I don't know if he's going to play. Some guys are against it. It's their offseason, so they want to rest. Last year he was hurt, like I said. He's had some G League experience in the Minnesota Timberwolves system, Iowa Wolves. I don't know if he's going to play. I don't know what he would say if he were asked. But what I do know is that it'd be a lot of fun. And I think Battle has some unfinished business. I know that Syracuse fans miss watching him. The funny thing is, he had another year, but he shouldn't have come back. So he played at Syracuse for three years. And if he, if he left after his sophomore year, I think he would have been a second-round pick. But he came back for his junior year to try to inch into the first round, and he was undrafted. So in hindsight, it probably hurt him to come back. That said, a lot of people think that he should have stayed for his senior year. Maybe they were right, too. But it does kind of feel like the, the way it ended, Tyus Battle has some unfinished business. He played freshman year. He was really good. Sophomore year, he was great. Entered the draft. Didn't sign with an agent again. Had some key moments with Syracuse. The buzzer beater against Clemson. That's the guy who, even though he's young, even though he just played, you get some nostalgia there. 2019 NBA draft and doesn't get taken. Yeah, we'll see. Had some success overseas. Had some success at the G League. And now I think that Bayheim's army is the most logical move for both sides. By the way, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. I will say this. Yeah, the Kentucky Derby was pretty cool. So the Kentucky Derby back. It's left now. Uh, it's not a Kentucky Derby podcast, but... Raise your hand if you were entertained when the winning horse started to bite at the other horse. That was awesome. That was cooler than the race. And the race is pretty cool, too, with the comeback. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
So we talked about Syracuse football's new addition, the transfer from Florida Atlantic to Marcus Adams. We talked about Bayheim's Army, and we will continue talking about Bayheim's Army. Exciting time for Syracuse basketball fans. SRC Arena, Onondaga Community College. They're hosting again one of the sites. We cap off the show today with another superlative. And this is how we basically went to the weekend. All week we talked about once a day, most likely two. Class of 2022, superlatives. Which recruit is most likely to blank? Well, let's pick up where we left off. It's graduation time. I'm not going to lie. I'm nearly a graduate. I'm excited about it. Technically not graduated yet. Saturday. Bones 2. It's funny because back, back in the day, earlier this year, we were covering the teams, basketball, football, on WAER, WJPZ, outlets in Syracuse. And the student radio station, WJPZ, always told us, don't say you're a student. Just if you're referring to a class or something like that, just say when I was in school, because technically you're not lying. But you're not necessarily admitting that you're a student, which I always thought was weird. Why hide it? I'm 22. Sue me. So, it's graduation time. With that, superlative for today, most likely to graduate from Syracuse. I think it's an interesting question for two reasons. One, the NBA, of course. You can leave early. And it's not like football where you have to stay for at least three years. You can leave. So you have to balance the NBA, you have to balance the transfer portal, which is the probably the biggest variable that we don't know how to calculate for. Anyone can leave, don't have to sit out, no incentive to stay, really, if you're not playing. So, who's going to play, but not too much, where they have NBA, legit NBA aspirations? And who's going to sit, but not too much, where they're going to say, ah, oh, i got to transfer? I say it's Justin Taylor, most likely to graduate from Syracuse from the class of 2022, Justin Taylor. Okay, here's why. Think about borderline process of elimination. I think Judah Mintz is going to the NBA, and I don't think it's going to take him four years to do it. So Judah Mintz out, and I don't, I don't think I'm a minority in that either. A lot of people might be thinking, well, Peter Carey's not that good. He's the lowest-rated recruit in the class, so he's going to stay. Well, I don't know. I mean, Syracuse just lost a center to the transfer portal in Frank Anselm. So what makes you think they're going to hold on to this one? Not saying that, well, now all centers are bound to transfer. I'm just saying that there is a legit, very recent precedent for centers who are not happy with their role in Syracuse leaving. I think Peter Carey could leave. And I think he's a little bit more likely to transfer from Syracuse than he is to graduate from Syracuse. That's the day and age we live in. So I'm thinking Justin Taylor because I think Taylor's going to play, but he's not going to play too, too much right away. Like, he'll play 20 minutes a game. So that's not enough to get to the NBA after your freshman year. And I don't know if he necessarily has the athleticism and the shot-creating ability to be attractive after his sophomore year either. 
and then he's an upperclassman, and at that point he might as well graduate, right? And you would think, and this is so, so just way out in the future, rubbing a crystal ball, but a lot of people project his career arc to a Buddy Beheim, like a poor man's Buddy Beheim. I, I don't necessarily disagree with the comp, but Buddy is one of the best shooters in Syracuse basketball history, and he wasn't even thinking about coming out after his junior year. So where does that leave Justin Taylor? I think Justin Taylor is most likely to graduate from Syracuse in the class of 2022. And it's not an indictment on Taylor. It's not an indictment on Taylor. Because I think he's going to play well enough to warrant him staying for both sides, for Syracuse and for him. So I don't know. Kadir Copeland is another option. But Chris Bunch, so that's that's the thing, is that Chris Bunch I don't think is going to play as well or as much as Justin Taylor right away. But with his length and his athleticism, he projects more to the professional ranks than Justin Taylor, which makes me a little apprehensive to choose him. And you could argue Malik Brown, but we'll see. I'm going with Justin Taylor on this one. Class of 2022 superlative, most likely to graduate from Syracuse, Justin Taylor. Congratulations. I'll see you on the podium. See you on the podium next week. Okay, but before I graduate, before Bones graduates, we've got a lot to get to for this week. Class of 2022 superlatives roll on for tomorrow, but... While you make Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day, make Locked On ACC your, or your second listen every day. Candace Cooper giving you daily ACC news and insight in less than 30 minutes every day, like we do for Syracuse. Every day, less than 30 minutes, your team every day, your conference every day. And Candace is going to tell you everything you need to know about the opponents that Syracuse will face for this coming year on the football field and on the basketball court. And remember, you're only as good as your record. Your record is a two-way street. Are you good or is the team better? Candace Cooper is going to let you know. I'm only doing half the job, and she's doing both sides, so she's doing a great job. All right, and remember, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it Monday morning in the books. We'll catch you tomorrow.